This week's guest is Sharifa J. Before getting diagnosed, Sharifa's life was chaotic. But when she got her diagnosis, so much of her past made sense. But she also started to grieve the life that could have been and what might have been different. Sharifa is a fierce advocate for women with ADHD. She explains why she is frustrated at how women are underrepresented within the ADHD community and why she thinks many people don't take ADHD seriously. Sharifa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. The contrast between your life pre-diagnosis and post-diagnosis is quite drastic. Could you Give us a flavor of what your life was like before diagnosis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, nice to be here. Um, that's a big question to start on. And I, yeah, I definitely can. So my life before diagnosis was chaos. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. Mm. Um, there was a lot of issues. I had a lot of issues in school, paying attention, um, of course. I think that's quite a common quite a common ADHD thing. Um, probably on the darker side of things, I struggled with very dangerous behavior. So I would get myself into quite dangerous situations. I would use recreational drugs. I was very careless with myself and how I would um, show up in the world. Um, yeah, really chaotic. Couldn't hold down a job. Mm. Um didn't have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, never went to bed on time. Um, I think I would say I was probably on the brink of something not so positive. I was a very different person. Mm. What sort of dangerous situations did you get yourself into? Oh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, I was a bit of a party girl, mm. I think. I used to work in nightclubs, so I was a, a party girl. I was probably about 11 when I first started taking drugs. I was just a very reckless young person. I would it always test, like, test my boundaries with the law, and um, I was always in trouble. And then as I got older, I think re reckless more with myself, like I didn't, didn't take care of myself at all. Um, when I was 17, I attempted suicide um, and was in hospital for a short time. Uh, yeah, just chaos. I, I, it's the only way I can describe it. It's just chaos, difficulty, a lot of sadness. And I never really felt like I had much of a bright future. Hmm. Did you feel different? when you were young than your other classmates, friends? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also, I was always in trouble and I didn't know why. Mm. <laughs> I was like, sitting at my desk, couldn't stop moving, couldn't stop wanting to laugh or shout out or do something. And for me, it was just who I was. Mm. But everyone else was like, that's wrong. And I was like, but why? <laughs> when you look back now with the knowledge <laughs> that you have around ADHD and sort of point at behaviors and go, there it was, there it was. Yeah. And it's so obvious. It was picked up by a lot of my teachers as well. They were kind of, if you, I, I've seen in a couple of my school reports and spoken to my mum about it and she said, you know, it was mentioned like multiple times that you could have ADHD. But I think because I 
grew up in the 90s, mm. ADHD just wasn't a thing for young girls. So even though people noticed it, they were just like, ah, she's just naughty. Mm. She's just a bit of a, she's just really silly or she just loves to laugh. I used to laugh so much that I would have, you know when you laugh so much when you, you have stomach pains? Yes. That, like I'd be rolling around on the floor laughing, everyone's laughing at me. I was always like class clown. But the result of that was also me kind of not understanding like I was this kind of silly class clown, but then I would always not end up, um, what's the word? I wouldn't come out on top. I would be, you know, I have bad grades and mm. I didn't do well. And I was that kind of like that bad little like naughty child. Um, so, yeah. Do you remember ever getting told off for that type of behavior? Yeah. And do you think that has a knock-on effect on you, on how you think you should behave and therefore internalizing that hyperactivity 100 percent um so i've had a lot of conversations with my therapist over the years and they have i apologize a lot as an adult i'm always i'm very like oh sorry oh did i Mm. I offend you did i do that you know very sort of um people pleasing type behavior that i've had to get rid of um And I think that comes from always knowing I was doing something wrong as a kid. And I definitely spent most of my adult life just masking, Mm. masking my hyperactivity, masking my need to kind of like shout out and move and do all those things. And it was hard. I think that is probably how I ended up getting into states of depression and I have memories of just like weeks and weeks in bed or, mm. you know, so many jobs I could never hold down. And just like, just thinking that like, I don't feel like I'm able to be my authentic self. So yeah, I really think it has a big impact. It sounds like a similar story to so many women and you mask so much that you sort of lose touch and lose connection with who you really are underneath all of that. And therefore, you don't really have any confidence because there's nothing to be confident about. You don't know what's what's really Sharifa and what's being put on. Do you say that's a true... I feel like I'm in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, I think all of what you just said, and also I then started working as a full-time model and I was becoming... Every time I would work with a different client, I would then be- kind of become the personification of that brand or that brand image or what they wanted. If it's a laughy brand, I laugh. If it's a moody brand, I'm moody. I ended up really losing my identity and it took years to figure out who I was. And I think even still now, I think in the last couple of years, I started to really understand who I am and who I want to be in this world. But it, it did take a really long time. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's an echo of, of so many stories I've heard. And do you think there's a bit of you that sometimes still mirrors other people in order to sort of make them happy? Yeah. And I guess in order to, um, to not do the wrong thing, mm. maybe not as much to make them happy, but I think one thing I, I realized recently 
was for the first time I experienced um, some friends passing away. And um, in the last year or so, and they were friends, good, you know, not really, really close friends of mine, but people I knew and people I um, had spent time with over the years. And I really struggled. I think grief is hard anyway, but I really struggled to figure out what words to say mm. and how to, I was kind of looking to everyone else going, what is appropriate for me to do in this moment? And, you know, I even went to, um, there was a, a sort of gathering type thing um, that I went to and I had this overwhelming urge to cry. I felt really sad. And I was really, you know, thinking about, about my friend and thinking I'm so sad that I won't see her again. And but then I thought I can't cry because that person's not crying and that person's not. So then I was like literally the whole time, like trying to hold in these <laughs> tears, like, I don't know if it's the right thing to do. So yeah, I definitely feel that a lot. Mm. It's hard, isn't it? Because you, you, you're, you're super aware of wanting to act a certain way, but intuitively you feel like you should act out, but also intuitively because you've been taught and been on the receiving end of so many messages saying that that's bad, you, you don't. So you, there's an internal conflict which can cause huge anxiety. Do you, do you feel that anxiety? Yeah. I am, have been anxious for as long as I can remember. And I, I do put that down to ADHD and um, probably, you know, life is hard enough as it is, but I think trying to navigate a neurotypical world with ADHD who so uh, so few people understand ADHD. And because of that, I think it makes it that much harder to try and show up because you're always having to explain yourself mm. like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry I'm late. I have time blindness <laughs> or I'm sorry I didn't quite catch what you were saying. There's so much noise behind me right now that all I can think about is all the other things I'm hearing and not what you're saying, even if it's really important. You know, there's so many different things that I, I sometimes really wish I could just wear a T-shirt that says, sorry, I'm late. I have time blindness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when did you realize that you had ADHD? 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So I never really thought about it as growing up. I didn't even really know it was a thing. And then I was probably about 24. I think it was 24 or 23. And I just started working full-time as a model. Mm. So I was signed with one of the biggest agencies in Europe. Um, They used to represent Twiggy, you know, like really iconic agency. Mm. And I just started working with some really huge brands. I was working with ASOS at the time and some other really big brands. And I remember going into the the agency one day and my my (laughs) booker said, um, it's like, Sharifa, you know, we, we need to have a chat we've had some really negative feedback Mm. about you. This brand loves working with you, but you never stand still. Like I'd go into the, I'd go into shoot and they'd be like, okay, Sharifa, you've got 58 garments today. So it's very simple. You just put the clothes on and then you stand on the X and then you turn front side, back side, and then you walk to the catwalk, you do the catwalk and you come back. Mm. So that sounds really simple. Doesn't to me. No, exactly right. (laughs) For a person with ADHD who's also young and all over the place and Mm. just started, it was hell on earth. It was like, so I put the clothes on, I then get on the X, I instead I don't turn front, side, back, what? And then I go to where? (laughs) And then I so imagine, you know, I'm in the head office of ASOS and I'm, you know, a first couple of outfits go okay. And then by the third one, I'm, you know, I, I walk to catwalk and then I get distracted. I'm make a friend and then oh there's a dog and oh my gosh wow this is so great and then I get to catwalk and I then get distracted and they're like why is it taking you five minutes to do that should it it takes all the other Mm. models two minutes and also before I was a model I was working as a cleaner I was working in nightclubs I was literally doing everything I could just to pay my rent in London and then these these modeling jobs came along and they were like 1800 pounds or two thousand pounds or upwards of that a day Mm. like this is my this is my ticket (laughs) to out of here and this is this is my way of being able to actually pay pay my bills and survive Mm. and do all of that and I can't even do it I can't even stand on it and I, I got so angry at myself so my so my agent called me in and just said look you've had this negative feedback you're gonna really need to like get your shit together I was like no worries went to another job, had the same issues. And I think for a short time, I stopped booking work. And I went back to, I think I was working in a restaurant at the time, working in a restaurant and I was doing all these other odd jobs. And I just got really, really, really depressed. And angry at myself as well, because I was like, well, you had an opportunity to have a career Mm. and you've now spoiled it because you're doing that thing you always do again. So then came that shame spiral mm. thing that yeah. so hap- often happens. And I wonder if other ADHD has experienced this, but I know I definitely do um, go in those little shame spirals. And that was actually when my sister, who's a doctor, said to me, I think you might have ADHD. Um, and then I, so I'm so lucky that my sister had the knowledge and the understanding. So I went to the doctor um, had a referral shortly after that and I got diagnosed pretty much mm. on the day and um have yeah so ever since I've been and I got my medication shortly after that um 
And that was it. I think it was a real catalyst for change mm. in my life. So when you were talking about the getting confused with simple directions of the modeling shoe, it made me think, reminded me, like we're capable of doing amazing things, often things that some people find really hard and don't understand how we can do them. But it reminded me if I'm driving my car and I stop and ask someone for traffic, they'll tell me, go left, roundabout, second exit, next left, I'll drive off, won't remember a thing they've said. <laughs> and it's like, it's the simple things that, that, that trip me up, similar to, yeah. to your situation. So I'll suit a relate. And you got the diagnosis at what age? 24. I think it was 24, so eight years ago. Yeah, because I'm 32 now. And in, in that moment, when, how did you feel? I think I think I felt like quite lost still. Mm. They just said, here's some medication. See how you get on with that. Yeah. I didn't really understand the medication. I didn't really, no one really explained to me what my symptoms were or how to manage them. I think at the time there was like, you'll get some cognitive behavioral therapy that goes alongside this, which I never got. Um, and I was pretty much just kind of given these drugs and mm. <laughs> sent on my merry way. And they did help mm. tremendously. And I think I was able to, with the medication, I was able to put things in place to manage and you know, lots of lifestyle changes to manage. And I spent a lot of time mm. learning about ADHD and figuring out how to help myself. But yeah, I think I was like, ah, this makes sense. Yeah. I feel a, a sense of relief mm. knowing that there's a reason like, I'm not just a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, I'm not just a complete, like, person that can't do things. There, there is a reason for this. But um, I remember not really telling anyone about my ADHD diagnosis. I think maybe my closest friends. But um, again, people didn't understand it. So back then, if I said to people I worked with, I have ADHD, they were like, yeah, cool. And <laughs> mm. it's not like they would treat it the same as other um what is it? What is it? A neuro, a, a developmental disability. <clears throat> mm. I think that's the, yeah. it, you know, other people who have disabilities like autism or people that have physical disabilities, obviously treated differently. Or um, I think there's a lot more understanding and awareness about these. So even though I would tell people, hey, this is this is what I'm experiencing, they they're just like, mm. and. <laughs> Do you mind sharing what? medication you were prescribed yes so i'm on the same medication that i've actually been on ever since i started concerta xl um i think i started on like 18 milligrams and what and i'm now on 27 milligrams and i'm pretty sure it's not working oh, no. <laughs> I, i'm actually in the process of getting my medication changed mm. but it's taking so long to get my medication changed that i, I don't i might have to go through the private thing when it was working what what did it, what did it feel like um what did it feel like that's a really good question what was the effect what was the benefit i guess like the feeling was just ah like this is how brains are supposed to be <laughs> not forgetting things hmm. being able to follow my own train of thought feeling much more um balanced and and centered as a person um, in my head, I kind of thought I'd be like 
Woo, you know, like the guy from Limitless. <laughs> yes, Bradley Cooper. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I have to say, I do feel a little bit like Limitless guy sometimes. Did you write a book overnight? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I really hope you'll read it. Uh, Already read it. <laughs> thank, great. Thank you, Limitless. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it was just, I can function, I can think, I can mm. um, cope with things, I can manage stress better. All the, all the stuff that I guess neurotypical people experience, but I, I don't mm. know, because I don't know what it's like to be inside their brains. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I kind of want to get in one. <laughs> Not in a creepy way. Oh, yeah, I, kind wow. of do. I think I would for a day or, or, or a week, <laughs> just to see what the other side looks like. Yeah. And then decide if I'm happy. I, I'm, I'm happy in, in my brain, but yeah, like you, I'd love to know what it's like to be a, inside a neurotypical one. Yeah, but is it, is it boring? It might be boring. Yeah, I'd probably be... Because <laughs> I'm never bored. <laughs> we're, 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 I'm sure we'd both be doing something very different. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Something much more normal. Yeah. <laughs> when you got your diagnosis, did you go through a bit of a grieving process? In, in other words, looking back and thinking, if I had known earlier, that might not have happened. Or that could have been different. Yes, and I think I'm still going through that now, even eight years later. I think I'm still like, I think, I, I hate to say this, um, because I think our parents, they do the best that they can with what they have. And when I was a kid, there was obviously a lot less education, a lot less research um, around, around ADHD, but there's a little part of me that's, that's like, why didn't somebody <laughs> help me with this when I was a kid? Because school was so horrible and it was so hard. And I, I couldn't understand why I couldn't read books and why I couldn't like sit down and do things like the other kids. And it, that was frustrating. So I kind of, yeah, there's some things that I just wish like even a regular bedtime. I still don't have a regular bedtime. I, I, I try really hard to get one, but I think when you build certain habits as a kid um, and as a young person, it's really hard to break those habits. Mm. So I'm still sort of undoing mm. all the things <laughs> that that happened when I was younger. So I guess there's a little bit of frustration and it also there's a little bit of wishing that someone had, had gone, ah, you need help with this. Mm. And a little bit of frustration about why the schools that I went to didn't like even when as I was older like didn't make more effort to say hey we think this you know we know that women are diagnosed a lot less than the men you might already have this question so I don't want to like skip ahead <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good, it's all good. <laughs> are there any sort of specific things that you are doing differently now since the diagnosis that you think make your life easier um yeah I mean I've learned all the different ways I can manage my ADHD. So first I had to learn what, what are my ADHD traits. Mm. So I know that mine are horrible stress management. Like if you stress me out, I will just cry. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm not, you know, some people like light up in an emergency. Yeah. And like, oh yeah. And they somehow have like yeah. all the different like, implements for an emergency. I do the opposite. Right. I crawl into my bed. I burst into tears and I'm like, <laughs> why is everything so hard? You know, it just, it's just not, it's just not good for me. Mm. So um, I have poor stress management. I have awful time management. Um, I obviously struggle with concentration. Um, I love reading, but 
I can't focus on a book. <laughs> but I love reading. I have like a whole library full of books and I love authors and I'm friends with a lot of authors and How they're many? like, did you read my book? And I'm like, yeah. First few chapters. First few pages. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> That's so interesting. I've never, I, it's, I say it now without shame. I've, I've never been able to finish a book. I, I, I mean, I've always, I've, I've got a big bookshelf full of books that I've impulsively bought and read a few first few chapters <laughs> and then like, oh, new TV show, new different book. Oh, yeah. go for a walk. Um, yeah, so so relatable hearing you say about the reading. The ADHD book thing is definitely, I, I feel like we need, this needs a whole separate yeah. like <laughs> thing because I don't know many ADHDers that have finished books unless they're obsessed with books and then mm. they've finished all the books because they're hyper-focused on mm. them. But um, there's that really interesting thing, bionic reading. You've seen that? I have. Tell me what it is. Remind me what it is. So it's it's where certain parts of the word are bold and yes. some of them are not bold. And so that I can read, but I don't know if it's because it's maybe more for our brains. But yeah, I love books. I love authors. Um, I, I love all, everything about books, but I can't finish them. So I have all these different um, traits. Of, but what, what was the question? <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what was the question? Oh, no. Well, it wouldn't be very ADHD if you, hadn't, no. if you had to, if didn't have to ask that. I think it's basically what, what tools, anything you do ah. now since the diagnosis that make your life easier yes everything everything yeah. is different um so where do i begin i have color-coded calendars i like live and die by my color-coded alerts on everything calendars mm. on on iCal with emojis What's to make iCal? it i calendar i oh like i calendar on your phone yeah right i've never heard it say that. i've never heard it oh sorry iCal. what was I'm i not... supposed to call it apple calendar no i, I think i'm not cool <laughs> I'm not, I'm not cool. Yeah, I can. I can. Okay, like, yeah. just make it short because I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm busy. I'm so busy. I've got to keep like shortening yeah. things. So, <laughs> so I just shorten your name to AP. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The biggest time time hack ever. Just shorten there you go. words. Yeah. So, um, so I. I'll say it now. So I, so I color code everything. Yeah. So, um, because I know that colors are really good for ADHD, and I know that that's definitely one for me mm. that helps. Um, I outsource as much as I possibly can and it might seem really silly to some people but I do if I if I have the the budget and and the um the space I do just hire people to do the simplest things for me like can you please pick up my uh sock on in my bedroom floor <laughs> they're like who does that for you yes <laughs> are you <laughs> Do you have someone no, come over to no, I a sock? Don't. No, I don't. But I did used to, when I lived in Australia, I, I, I used to live and work in Australia and I did, um, <laughs> I, I can't say it. Oh my God. Oh, please I, say it. I did hire somebody on Airtasker, which is like TaskRabbit. Yeah, I know. In Aust yeah. Airtasker in Australia to come and wake me up in the morning. What? <laughs> you have an alarm for that, don't you? No, but it didn't, it didn't work. Oh. Because I never woke up to it. So someone knocked on your door? Knocked on my door. They come in? No. There's not one. Like a hotel, like a like wake-up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's when you know you've made it. Well, well, no, I mean, it was quite cheap. I had like a discount code. Oh, okay. Because it, like it's like the new platform, you know, right, like, okay, oh, yeah. hire somebody on Airtask. <laughs> I was like, well, I can never get up. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, outsourcing things as much as possible. Um, like there's lots of things you can do in life, mm. of course. Like we can all clean our own houses. We can all uh, file things away. But then you could actually get somebody whose job that is if you have the budget, because not everyone has 
the budget. You know, I try to put these things on my business expenses. So <laughs> not the house thing, obviously. Hopefully the HMRC aren't watching this. <laughs> but, um, you know, what, what I can outsource, I outsource. Mm. Um, I think communication, I... I try to talk to my friends and say, friends of people I work with and say, look, here are my symptoms. Here are the things that I struggle with. If I am late, it's because of this. It doesn't make it okay to be late. It's never okay to be late. But just so that there's a little bit more compassion and empathy and understanding. Mm. um, And for people to know that I'm not doing it because I don't want to be there or, Mm. you know, it's because... I have this really annoying thing <laughs> that just for some reason stops me or means that when I'm going to leave the house completely ready and on time, I will realize that there was a piece of wall I hadn't painted oh, yes. and I'll open the paint pot and I'll start painting. And then I realize that, oh, I've missed my train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then people are like, why are you late? I'm like, I was painting my flat. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. So <laughs> My girlfriend and I are going out for dinner and she's like, right, we're leaving now, Alex. And I'll run downstairs because I've got to get, in, get a different shirt. And then half an hour later, she'll come downstairs and I'm, Alex, what are you doing? And I'm there ironing my whole wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd do this because, you know, it needed to be done. Yeah. So, you know, that executive functioning thing, which again, this has come with years of having to understand ADHD mm. and figure it out in my own way because of such a lack of information other than social media mm. and everything, you know, that executive function, functioning thing is really strong in me. So, you know, if there's like several things to do, mm. I have no idea which one I'm doing first. Like I'll just try and do them all. And then I'm like, why have I missed my train again? <laughs> so um, yeah, hacks. Um, what other hacks? I, I do have some good ones and I, I've probably got them written down somewhere. Ah, ChatGPT4. We have got to talk about ChatGPT. How does that help? Our Lord and Savior, ChatGPT helps. I think for ADHD, it's like the best thing. You can say like, write me, I don't know, write me a list of, prioritize my list for the day and in or in timeline order of, and you just like can say a few things you need to do or um, you can you can use it like a dictaphone mm. and be like, I think you can, can you speak into it now? I think you can speak Probably, into yeah, it. Probably, yeah, you must be able Yeah, to. I just think it's the best tool ever. Like uh, another brain to help you organize mm. your thoughts. Genius. Can it wake you up in the morning? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I solely use Airtasker yeah. for that product placement (laughs) before you turned up i asked you to tell me one item that represents adhd the most for you in your life yeah and you came back with an ambulance (laughs) i'm going to pass this to you and can you explain yeah but can you you roll it to me please (laughs) oh that was really smooth that's reflexes why why an ambulance uh (laughs) so uh the ambulance (laughs) oh my gosh Okay, so the ambulance is, this is nice. This is neat. Got a stretcher in the back. A little stretcher in the back. Nice. So the ambulance is because I spent a lot of time in A&E as a kid. And I wasn't, not because I was a sick poor child. No, no. I just loved, um, like, sticking things in my ears. In your ears? In my ears. What did you stick in your ears? Um, Well, one time I went to, one time I went to my friend's um, sleepover and I thought it'd be really funny to put a little kernel of popcorn in my ear. Like unpopped? Unpopped. 
which ended up staying in there for several months. Yeah. And uh, it was only when EastEnders was on and I was going, I can't hear what they're saying. And my mum was like, why? I was like, well, I feel I've got something in my ear. She was like, what? I was like, popcorn. Oh, no. I had to go to the, um, had to go to the A&E and get that prized out. I also ate the entirety of my sister's science kit. What's in a science kit? A lot of very tasty things, apparently. <laughs> like chemicals? Chemicals. <laughs> Just different colourful chemicals that look a little bit like sherbet. <laughs> so, of course, I mixed them all together and drank them because... That's a miracle you're still alive. Isn't it? Yeah. I've got nine <laughs> lives. <laughs> um, what, else, what else have I got? I got hit by a car twice in my life. How? The first time, the first time in my defence was because my sister was teaching me how to cross the road. So, that was her fault. <laughs> that is completely her fault. The second time I was on my way, on my way to school, and I didn't want to miss the bus. Mm. Obviously, I was running late. Yeah. Time blindness, and um, I was just running, and this car was coming around the corner, and it hit me on the side of the leg and just knocked me completely down. But the what the worst part of this is that I was down on the floor. The person got out of their car. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, oh my leg, and my sister was like. She's a doctor now, by the way. So she's super smart and did really well. She was like, get up. We're going to be late for school. <laughs> so I, I get up and carry on running yeah. and got on the bus. She had a very big bruise on my leg. So that was that. How many times do you think you've been to A&E in the last, well, in your life? Well, I went to A&E last week. <laughs> you did? Because we were preparing yeah. for this and you said, I'm in A&E now. I'm in A&E now. <laughs> I will say I just um, bought your ambulance. That was, that was because, well, I was... I didn't know that you could strip a paint from a radiator with a sander. So I bought some paint stripper. Yeah, okay. From a radiator. With a sander? With a sander. Okay. So I didn't know you could sand it and get things off a radiator. So I bought paint stripper. That was actually irrelevant information, the sanding thing. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> it's completely irrelevant. Did you drink? You didn't drink the paint stripper? No, I, no, I didn't drink. <laughs> Look, I've grown up a bit <laughs> since then, okay. No, I didn't drink. I didn't drink it. I just... Um, I just didn't read the instructions on the can of the paint stripper. Where did it go? Well, <laughs> kind of went everywhere and also in my lungs. So that's why I still sound a bit ill. Oh, okay, that's My ambulance. The, 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 I don't just, know. You can probably just put I, that on the table if you can want. Can I? Yeah, yeah. I quite like it. Yeah, you can hold it if you want, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, you don't want to be too far away from it because you'll probably need one soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This one's going to take me. <laughs> Thank God it's spacious. Yeah. So... Um, so I forgot the question. Where did the paint stripper go? <laughs> Where, it's because they're laughing. It's killing me. <laughs> Where did the paint stripper go? Um, so I, I didn't use the right protective mask. Yeah. So it kind of went into my lungs. And then, <clears throat> which by the way, I was stripping this paint yeah. just before catching my train. And of course I thought, oh, I've got time to strip the paint from this radiator. Didn't read the instructions, didn't open the windows. And um, didn't wear, did, I wore a mask, but I don't mm. think I wore the right mask. Anyway, did the paint stripping, went to my friend's birthday dinner. And then later that evening, I had a message from my neighbor that was like, there's an alarm that's been going off in your flat for about five hours. <laughs> I was like, really, why? And they were like, yes. I was like, okay, could you um, take the cab, one of those little lock boxes, you know, yeah. those little, you know the one I mean. I don't know why I made it sound like, Anyway, <laughs> one of those little log boxes. So I said, can you get the key and go and have a look? So mm. they went into my flat. Like, yeah, that's your carbon monoxide alarm. 
which has been going on for hours. Oh my gosh. Right? You've been inhaling all this poisonous, toxic stuff. I guess so. <laughs> so which yeah. I just thought was painful. But anyway, got back home, had to call the national gas grid people because they were like, if your carbon alarm's going off, then you have got to, mm. we've got to come. So they had to come and turn off my gas. The girl walked in and was like, I was like, is there a carbon leak? She was like, no, probably just, just your paint stripper, love. I was like, right, okay. So anyway, had to get my gas turned up, nightmare. Um, and then shortly after, a couple of days after, I was so ill and my, my throat and my chest and everything was so sore that I went to A&E mm. and they looked at my throat and were like, yeah, that'll be the paint stripper. <laughs> so, I think you've perfectly summarized yeah. the chaoticness so that, much can, chaos. that can exist with ADHD. And you've made it super clear why an ambulance is your item. Yeah, thank you. Well, I was no. going to see if there was anything similar in, in this week's episode of, in this week's washing machine of woes. Okay. Every week I ask my ADHD community and yours this week. Yes. For their ADHD woe. Put it in a washing machine. Let's see what the first one is. This does, week, it not, does it not spin, the washing machine? It does, yeah. Do you want me to spin it? Please? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I thought there it was going to like spin by itself. No, there is a handle that goes in the back, but I've got to, it's, yeah, it sticks okay. out a bit and prods me. Um, <laughs> you just right. got it on your lap like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very bold move having a washing machine on your lap. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to stay being bold. How? Okay, here we go. I've been really recently diagnosed. Have you got any advice for pacing myself? I always do too much and feel bad when I have a break. That's from your community, isn't it? That is from my community. From your one, yeah. So I'm going to have to ask you that question. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, essentially, we always feel, well, relating to my own experience, I always feel like, essentially, I need to work too much to prove myself. And uh, I always feel like I'm not enough sometimes. So I work, 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 work. And then all that, that often just leads to burnout. Um, so I end up just crashing on the sofa, physically not being able to do anything, mentally exhausted, um, which then causes me loads of stress because in my head I'm like, I should be working, but I physically can't. So I think for me, what's really helped is really working on my self-awareness and, and being able to recognize what the early signs of burnout are. And for me, that's when I stop doing the little things because I notice they're, they're always the first to go. And for example, a little thing and, and I posted this on LinkedIn and, and a lot of people kind of related to it is with this podcast, every day I have to transfer footage from a USB stick to my laptop. We all know that when you put a USB stick in, you have to take it out correctly. You have to remove it correctly. When I start yanking out the USB stick from the computer, that to me is a, is a sign that the little things are getting neglected. And if the little things are getting neglected, for me, that's a clear sign of burnout. So when I start noticing the little things going, that's when I... I need to have a break. I need to slow down, have a break, get back on track. Because otherwise, I'm just going to carry on plowing forward, not pace myself. And the quality of the work and my health, physically and mentally, is going to go, it's going to go in decline. And for me personally, when I haven't paid attention to those, I've ended up drinking alcohol in response to the anxiety that that causes. And for me, that's an awful outcome. So for me, it's always my priority now is really paying attention to the small things when they start to go, okay, it's all systems go. I need to take a step off the pedal here and have a break. Otherwise, I know where that takes me. So that's really self-awareness and recognizing the early signs of burnout and, um, and yeah, to take, to, to, to take action when you, when you feel those to 
change your course to a healthier and better outcome. Yeah, and also I guess um, understanding what those symptoms signs are. So for you, you said it's the the USB. Mm. That's obviously for someone else it might be different. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. My community would be very pleased with that. I hope. Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Let's see what the what my community say this week. I'm a bit sad you didn't spin it again. But... Yeah. Next week okay, I'm going to bring the handle, ready. the crank, and, and crank <laughs> it from the back. You have to have the crank. That's <laughs> essential for this washing machine. <clears throat> okay, so it's so invalidating when I hear someone say, everyone gets overwhelmed sometimes. You don't need to put a label on it. Yeah, that's a good woe. Yeah. Do you... I think it's incredibly invalidating when anybody uses that term, uh, oh, everyone, it, whenever you say my ADHD is making me feel X and someone goes, oh, well, everyone feels like X. Mm. You know, everyone struggles to concentrate. Everyone deals with this. Of course, everyone deals with these things, but not everybody has ADHD and not everyone has to manage that. So it's, I think it's incredibly hard um, when so, so many people lack the, the knowledge and understand ADHD well enough to know that that's not what you need to hear. Mm. But, but also, would you say that to another person with a disability? Would you say to like a person, and this might be a really, bot, I mean, feel free to like cut this out if this is, this is really un-PC, but would you say to a person, oh, I just realized I have my little stretch here. <laughs> just put that down. <laughs> Would you say to a person in a, in a wheelchair or someone who is physically disabled, would you say, if they say, I'm struggling to do this thing, would you say, well, everyone struggles to get from A to B sometimes? And they're like, no, mm. <laughs> I'm experiencing something very different. You know, obviously, it's not the same. So I want to be careful to, you know, it's not the same, but it is also still a disability. It's something that disables people mm. and it's invisible, which I think sometimes can make it even a little bit harder. That might be a really non-PC analogy. Well, I think it makes sense. You know, I think um, I saw an, an, a counter to that on, we all, everyone goes to the loo, right? But if you, go, if you went 40 times a day, I'd say you had a problem. Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. I think everyone does get overwhelmed sometimes, but everyone does forget their car keys sometimes. Everyone does forget someone's name sometimes, but it's the... It's the frequency yeah. of how often we do it that it actually causes such low self-esteem and has that negative impact on our lives. Yeah. I think when you look at the statistics, which I will not name because I don't know them all, but the health outcomes of people with ADHD, uh, you know, I think, I think um, actually I might know them, you know. Nine, you'll know them. I mean, it's awful. The, the outcomes for the life expectancy for someone with ADHD is undiagnosed ADHD is 20 years less wow. than, than someone without ADHD. So to say that it's something that isn't real or, or is, is a trend or whatever, um, you know, the like numbers dangerous. don't lie. Because it's, 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 if, if the, 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 the lifestyle choices that someone with ADHD might make in order to, to ease their anxiety, whether that's eating, drinking, uh, not exercising, whatever, can all lead to, I mean, stress, you know, anxiety, yeah. not good for you. And I think, like, looking back on my life, you were saying earlier about um, what are some things that you used to do looking back, and I had an awful history with eating disorder, 
with, you know, I used to be, I went from a size eight to a size 18 in the space of just a couple of years. Mm. And I had tremendous issues with food and, and my self image and, um, you know, coupled with drugs and destructive behavior. And, you know, now my life is so different. I ran a marathon. Did you? In, Congratulations. I, I did. Thank you very much. Oh, any opportunity to say about my <laughs> marathon, you know, I ran a marathon in, in, um, 2021 and in 2022 I, I cycled 100 miles for um ride london for beach eating disorder charity um and i would never have been able to dedicate myself to those things pre-diagnosis my life is completely different i obviously don't take drugs i don't drink to excess i you know i don't have destructive behaviors i have a career i travel the world with my work i know none of that would have been possible without getting my ADHD, you know, getting the support with my, with my ADHD. And I really wish that more people could have that. And I, I really wish that with more awareness, then, then more people can, can see just how dangerous and how harmful it can be. Mm. And I actually don't know where I would have ended up in my life if I hadn't have got medication, got my diagnosis, had support, and found ways to to make life easier and better around ADHD. Mm. Do you think men and women are equally represented in the media, culturally, societally? One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because <laughs> it's actually just another example of gender inequality when it comes to there's a huge gender health care gap anyway. Um, the Ginsburg Women's Health Foundation talk a lot about this, but there's a huge gender inequality gap. A lot of the research that has been done for ADHD hasn't hasn't been done on women. Mm. So of course, like women's symptoms don't always present exactly the same. Um, we're often seen as much more emotional, more irrational. Mm. I know that um, there's there's often like instances of ADHD being mistaken for BPD. So lots of misdiagnoses in women. Mm. Um, and of course, like women are so disproportionately affected, have much worse healthcare, ha have much worse health outcomes mm. than men because of the, the lack of research, the lack of support and it not being picked up as little girls. And so there's, I don't even know how many, but probably millions of women just walking around trying to understand why they can't cope at work or why they're feeling depressed or why their periods are 
worse. Yeah, just women having significantly worse health outcomes. So mm. I just really, really hope that um, there's more research for women. There's more support for women. Um, that women are listened to and heard. Um, and that we're not always just palmed off as being these like overly emotional, like, oh, we're on our periods. Mm. That's just, we're all on our periods and everything's hard for us because of that, you know? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, here's hoping. Well, I think people will hear you speak and 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 recognize what you said in themselves. And that often is enough for them to have that light bulb moment to say, oh, I see what Sharifa said in myself. And actually that might just start them on their journey to, to get the diagnosis. I hope so. That's why I've been talking about ADHD since I think you can see on my highlights on Instagram, probably back to 2018, 2017, mm. I've been talking about ADHD much before this trend of ADHD, suddenly everyone's talking about ADHD. And over the years, I've had so many people message me saying, I was able to get a diagnosis and just having the awareness and realizing how ADHD can look on somebody else mm. helped me to get the support I needed. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to be me. Anyone can obviously like spread awareness and raise awareness. And I hope that People have more conversations mm. in schools, in work, out workplaces. With all like the, the chatter on social media, do you think ADHD is taken seriously? Or do you think there's a danger that some of the narratives and content on social media can gamify it a bit and make it all look a bit silly? I think it very much so. Like, I think people poke fun at it. And let's face it, like... ADHD can be quite funny. Like it is quite funny that suddenly, you know, you might forget something or lose something or, you know, halfway through our conversation, this part, I mean, how many times <laughs> are we going to have to edit this podcast <laughs> just for it to sound like a flowing conversation? So, you know, of course it is funny at times, but there's, it gets up to a point where it stops being funny. Mm. And I think when, you can't get out of bed in the morning. And when you feel so down and low and your dopamine levels are, are really low and you can't get yourself to work or you can't even do the simplest thing like put a sock in a drawer or um, you have to hire someone to put mm. a sock in the drawer. You know, this is hard. This is disabling. This is not fun for anyone who has it. And as much as I think my ADHD creates some really interesting parts of my personality. There are a lot of times I wish I didn't have it. Mm. I wish I could just function like a normal human being and just be able to do those tasks and sit down on my emails and focus and not ha have the struggles. Mm. So I saw something recently. It was like the ADHD musical. Yes, I saw that as well. ADHD the musical. Yeah, That's when you know it's gone too far. Yeah, and... <laughs> And I saw all these comments underneath. People being like, oh my God, I can't wait to see this. It's going to be so great. And then someone else saying, oh, ha ha, how funny. Imagine the ADHD is trying to watch this. They probably won't even be able to get through the whole thing. Or, And yeah, it is funny to a point, but it really irked me mm. a little bit. And I think I had a particularly difficult week. Um, was struggling to manage my stress. My, I'd have troubles with my uh, medication, as I mentioned earlier, like trying to get the right going jumping through all these hoops to try and get the right medication for me because I've been on the same one for many years um 
And then you see someone just making it, you know, ADHD the musical. (laughs) 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 Like, okay, I get it. And I think it's maybe a a way to um, educate people, which is amazing. But I also don't imagine autism the musical or OCD the musical or depression the musical, you know? And yes, there are amazing shows about those things. Like I think um, The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, is that what it's called? I know it, yeah. That's about Mm. autism, isn't it? But that's called A Curious Incident of a Dog in the Nighttime. It's not called Autism Musical. (laughs) I think there's something different there mm. that happens with ADHD, you know? Definitely. And I, you know, the long-term consequences of the ADHD traits can be really debilitating. I I spoke to a lady who who repeatedly forgot to lock the gate that was between her front garden and a very busy road. And she had a young child. And then her husband came home one day and he said, you've forgotten to lock the gate again. Our son could have run out into the road. And after doing that six or seven times, the shame and the anxiety and, and eventually the depression that that led to, there's nothing funny about that. And that's, that's a real, that she puts down to her ADHD. In that moment she walked through and she was so stressed, overwhelmed, thinking about something else that she just forgot to lock the gate. And the actual real life consequences of that yeah. action yeah, there's, there's nothing trendy or funny about situations like that, which, in fact, that's how most people with ADHD experience life. Yeah, this is ex- exactly, and that's, I think, what I'd love people to understand when they are making jokes about it or when they are saying, well, I get that. I, I experience that. I forget. I can't concentrate. It's like, mm. you, yes, but not 40 times a day or not to a point where it's so detrimental. You don't even want to leave the house. A bit of a closing question yep. uh, We ask, I ask all the guests. What's the most impulsive thing you've ever done? Ooh, the most impulsive thing, other than getting other hit than by two cars and going to A&E several times. Um, do you know what? The most impulsive thing I've ever done is actually quite positive. Can it be positive? Yeah, go for it. I think one of the most impulsive things I ever did was, um, so I, I started modeling in my early 20s. Mm. But I was with a much smaller agency. Like no one really knew this agency. And one day I was walking past and I was like, I should go in. <laughs> so I don't know what came over me. <laughs> I just like walked into the agency. It was like, hello, I'm a model. <laughs> and they were like, okay. I was like, I'd like to see someone. And they were like, okay. Who? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Anyone. I'm a model. Anyway, I ended up getting signed that day and that pretty much started my whole modeling career and it's been um i'm 32 now Mm. so i think i must have been like 22 or 23 when i signed that contract that's amazing a lot of the stuff that we achieve often comes from these moments of fearlessness and impulsivity that a lot of people wouldn't have wouldn't be brave enough to do so you just Mm. walking in there fearlessly has led to so many things yeah i think so just finally sharifa how's your mental health today How's my, well, I'm not very well today. So um, I woke up feeling a little bit worse for wear, but it's nice to be here. Um, My mental health has been, such a big question. It's been, it's been, it's been up and down, Mm. honestly. Permanent. Uh, Yeah. I had a lot of great things happen this year. 
I bought my first house. That was exciting. You do. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's actually a house. It's like a, a duplex. What's a duplex? No, it's not that. Two floors. That's two houses. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. Neither of us know what that is. I bought my first flat that has two floors. It yeah. is a duplex. It's a duplex, yeah. yeah that's what I have as well. It's like, yeah. Yeah, duplex. Mason it. Just don't one-up me. I have a duplex. Triplex. Quadruple plex. Anyway, um, yeah, so I bought my uh, first flat. I um, signed some exciting um, deals mm. and some exciting contracts and great things happening. But I think that equally I had quite a lonely couple of year, like lonely year. Um, I also found a brother. It's cool. Sorry, you found a... I found a brother. Biological? Yeah. This is the first time I'm ever talking about this. Maybe we're not talking about this. But that, seems like a, is that, that seems like a heavy... That's that, quite a big one, yeah. That, sounds, that could be a whole episode. Yeah, I found, well, I found a brother on Ancestry DNA, but I haven't told anyone that yet. On, we'll have to have, invite you back to just yeah. in the briefest of nutshell. So you've, you found so our brother. <laughs> you've you spoken to him? Yeah, we're friends. And how did that work? He's exactly the same age as me. We're both 32. We're, we're 20 days apart. So confused. Different, different yeah. mums? Different mums. We're like twins, a, but not twins. I say like twins, but delayed. Yeah. Both coming out. Yeah. So I had, a good, I had a good year, but I think. Um, ADHD has actually pay, played quite a big part in why things have been difficult. I think managing um, like uh, busyness in my day to day, like I'm a presenter and I'm a model and I'm a content creator sometimes. Um, and I do lots of other stuff like this and mm. lots of hobbies and um, just managing all of it is tricky. Um, yeah been tricky mm. but i'm fine yeah. how are you <laughs> i'm doing okay i think doing okay yeah thank yeah. you for asking you're welcome i've really enjoyed this me too thank fascinating. you fascinating and uh not next time if i come again i hopefully won't be so ill <laughs> <laughs> feel like i sound like phoebe buffet that's sticky it's shoes brilliant <laughs> briefer thank you so much thank you, thank you. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.